mornings. I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, trimming the tree, decking the halls, even baking Christmas cookies can all lead to fire hazards if you're not careful. We'll tell you how to spot those dangers so you don't send your holiday spirit up in smoke. Also this morning, affordable tech to keep your packages safe and protect your home during the holiday season. In our community and business spotlight, Ohio Means Jobs is highlighting a number of employment opportunities at the Findlay YMCA. And happening around town, a couple of holiday-themed events, special concert and festival of nativities at Trinity Lutheran Church in Findlay, and Sunday's Christmas cantata at St. Andrew's United Methodist Church goes beyond the Advent story. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, December 7th, 2023. Now, here is something that is very interesting on those, again, among those year-end lists that we always get this time of year, kind of putting some sense and some order into the year gone by. Um, Stats Panda is a company that does, it compiles statistics uh, that impact our lives. Stats Panda has ranked the deadliest animals in the world based on how many human beings they kill. I know, it's a very cheery story to start with this morning, but it's interesting. If I were to ask you to name the deadliest creature on Earth, uh, what would it be? Would you guess mosquitoes? Mosquitoes take the top place as the deadliest animal. I guess we could call it an animal, the deadliest organism on Earth. Uh, Mosquitoes take the top place because they spread disease like malaria, yellow fever, West Nile, etc., etc., etc. Mosquitoes are attributed to one million deaths, the deaths of one million people every year. Not so much in this country, but globally. Uh, Mosquitoes kill one million people every year. The deadliest uh, creature on the planet. Number two on the list, humans. Humans kill more. Other than mosquitoes, humans kill more humans than any other animal. Which, again, neither of those are actually a surprise, but I don't know that you would have necessarily guessed that uh, if you were asked. So snakes come in third place. Uh, Sharks and wolves which might be maybe two of the first things that you would think about as deadliest creatures on the planet. They only kill about 10 people each every year, globally. Uh, And this is another surprising entry. The freshwater snail uh, kills about 10,000 people annually due to parasitic disease. And then they go to hippos, roundworms, and elephants. Uh, Some of the other creatures in the top 15 i just thought that was really fascinating i (laughs) i know it's very it's very cheery to uh start things off this morning but i did think uh that it was uh very interesting this is um a news story that really jumped out at me uh on the newswire this morning and again this is uh, very serious stuff and i'm not sure how much media play this is going to get but i think this is a big story potentially a big story. A new report out this week written by a former SEC commissioner who's currently a professor at NYU and Columbia Law uh, 
says bets against the value of Israeli companies spiked in the days before the Hamas attacks last month, suggesting that some traders may have had advanced knowledge of the looming terror attack and may have actually profited off of it. Uh, The report details significant and unusual spikes five days before the attacks in short selling on the most popular fund linked to Israeli companies. Bets against the value of the MSCI Israel Exchange Traded Fund in the days before the October 7th attack far exceeded, the reports say, far exceeded normal short selling activity. Now, the report does not speculate on, and they and they point out they don't know the location of the individuals or parties making the trades and whether the traders were connected to any particular financial firms, government entities, terrorist organizations, because, yeah, terrorist organizations do invest uh, in order to raise money for their terrorist activities. They're sophisticated that way, and one would think that it would be Hamas-related terrorist groups that would have you know, done this, but there's, there's no speculation. There's no uh, proof of that, but I think that's a really interesting story that people, someone somewhere knew about this in advance and made money off of it by short selling those funds. Hmm. It is rather disturbing. Some of the other most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started here. These days, you have to wonder what's real and what's fake when you go online. A new survey of 2,000 Americans finds 74%, nearly three out of four Americans, cannot tell what is real or fake on social media. We just can't tell. And many of us go to the default position that everything is fake. 37% um, or let's try that again. Uh, Respondents believe that only 37% of social media content is free of any digital manipulation, Photoshopping, AI, that kind of thing. 37%. um, That's what we think. Only 37% of what is posted is free from some sort of digital manipulation. Uh, Let's see here. 52% say they are wary of influencer content. And, uh, And it's kind of interesting what we think is real versus what is fake. Uh, 42% of those in the survey believe cryptocurrency is real, but 41% would consider lab-grown diamonds to be fake. So what is real and what is fake? I I don't know. I, I just thought those stats were rather interesting and speak quite strongly to... The fact that we just have to be skeptical of everything uh, these days. Three out of four people cannot tell what's real or fake on social media. I have to admit that there are times when I wonder, and I consider myself fairly tech savvy, but still kind of interesting. (laughs) Speaking of year-end compilations here, 
this is a, a new survey that finds the average American, they surveyed single Americans, 2,000 single Americans, um, individuals who are not married without a significant other. The average American, single American, has gone on $3,025 worth of dates in the past year. $3,025. Respondents went on about eight dates in the past six months, which cost, on average, $189 per date. Men are more likely to foot the entire bill. 54% of men picked up the tab compared to just 12% of women. 42% of respondents try to save by going to cost-friendly restaurants. <laughs> so, in other words, 42% are admittedly cheap. Uh, 50% believe it is okay to go on a free date and go someplace where it's not going to cost you anything. Maybe uh, go for a walk by the beach or a walk in the park or um, you know something along those lines, a, a public open-air festival that doesn't charge an admission, admission fee or something like that. 50% say it's okay to go on a free date. I would say, now it's been a long time since I've been in the dating game, but I would say, yeah, probably it is okay to go on a free date, but but not the first date. You know, on the first date, you want to impress someone. You want to take take her to a nice restaurant, do something very nice, and, you know, money is no expense kind of thing. Later on, you can go cheap, but anyway... Uh, 50% say it's okay to go on a free date, but is it all worth it? $3,000 worth of dates to find that special someone. And maybe it may not be worth it in the end because an international analysis of couples have discovered a negative potential side effect of being hitched. Being married is associated with higher blood pressure. (laughs) Now, this may be something that many people kind of know inherently. If you're married, you may may say, yeah, well, duh, it leads to higher blood pressure. But now we have concrete scientific proof on this. The findings are published in the Journal of the American Heart Association show that married Americans 9% more likely to have high blood pressure if they were married. Uh, This they say could be due to the to a couple having a similar lifestyle. The study highlighted potential benefits to improving healthy habits together, making lifestyle changes like being more active, reducing stress, eating healthier can all reduce blood pressure, but those changes may be difficult to achieve if you and your partner uh, are not on the same page and doing the same things together. <laughs> So, what are we spending $3,000 on dates for anyway? I mean, think about it. There you go. Uh, Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly cloudy today, high in the upper 40s, mostly clear tonight, a low around 40. Wreaths Across America Day is coming up on Saturday, December 16th. During the event, wreaths are placed at the graves of veterans, and the volunteer placing the wreaths speaks the veteran's name aloud. Sherry Garner-Brumbaugh, president of Garner Trucking, is coordinator of the Finley Wreaths Across America event. 
There's approximately 5,000 veterans here at Maple Grove Cemetery, so we are just getting started. But each year we add a few more wreaths, and uh, one of these days, maybe we'll catch them all. But we sure remember them all today, that's for sure. Learn more about Wreaths Across America Day and how you can help out with a local event in this story on our website. How did hunters fare during Ohio's week-long whitetail deer gun hunting season? Hunters took a total of 70,118 deer. Last year, the total was 71,931 during gun week. Hunters checked 25,044 antlered deer this year and 45,074 antlerless deer, a category which includes does and button bucks. Coshocton County led the state with 2,441 deer checked. An additional weekend of deer gun hunting is scheduled for December 16th and 17th. Kate Burdett, ONN. A highway crash in the Cleveland area was quite the sticky situation. That truck that crashed on I-90 westbound at Vrooman Road was carrying caramel and chocolate. Both ended up spilling all over the highway. This crash shut down the road for a bit until crews could get things cleaned up. Luckily, nobody was seriously hurt. I'm Maureen Kyle. A community Hanukkah celebration is being held this weekend. The Black Heritage Library and Multicultural Center in Finley is holding the Hanukkah celebration on Sunday from 5.30 to 7 p.m. The Multicultural Center says all are welcome to join them as they light the menorah, share some Hanukkah history, play dreidel, and share in some fellowship and traditional food items. The celebration is sponsored by the Finley-Hancock County Community Foundation. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, maybe you're going to be trimming the tree and decorating the house for the holiday season this weekend. Well, before you do that, you want to keep safety in mind. And if you have already done that, you might want to go back and do a quick safety check to make sure that there aren't any hazards you might have overlooked. Important information this morning from TV personality and interior decorator Martin Amato on behalf of First Alert. So, Martin, share. we'll start with just in general your top fire safety tips for the holiday season because this is a very common time for that. Absolutely, Chris. So according to the National Fire Protection Association, Christmas Day and Christmas Eve have nearly twice the daily average of home cooking fires, um, which technically makes sense, but it's really hard to hear those statistics. At the same time, you see an increase or a spike in carbon monoxide in- incidents happening in the home because of all the increased use of the, the fuel burning devices, right? Mm. So what can we do right now to make our home safer? Of course, you want to check all of your smoke alarms and your carbon monoxide alarms that they're working, you know, properly and that they're functioning. Of course, you want to install them in all the areas that, that they are recommended to be installed so that they work effectively. Um, I'm talking about, you know, all the levels of your home, all of your bedrooms, including the basement. Um, when it comes specifically to carbon monoxide alarms, they should be installed again in every level of your home, outside of your bedroom and in a central location in your home. Like, for example, a hallway, right? Now, keep in mind, these, these alarms don't last forever. You do have to replace them every 10 years um, to maintain their, their effectiveness. And when the time comes to do so, you might as well go ahead and take advantage and upgrade to the newest technology. And I say that because there are new smoke alarm technical standards going into effect in June of 2024, 2024 of next year, which makes these you know function even better mm-hmm. and quicker. Um, however, you don't have to wait until next year to actually make your home safer. You can do so right now because they are this new generation of devices are available on store shelves. Um, so, for example, from First Alert, we have what's called their new line 
precision detection alarms that you can find at any low stores nationwide. And they're tested to better detect fires in homes built and furnished with modern construction materials where, you know, the fires can actually spread quicker than in, in an older home. And they're also designed to reduce nuisance alarms. So uh, that actually is uh, really good advice. Making sure that these uh, things are functioning, uh, replacing them if they need to be replaced. The last thing we want is a holiday season tragedy to be talking about. We started off by talking about decorating because this is a time when a lot of people are doing that. Let's kind of start there too. Um, safety tips that we should keep in mind while decorating the house and setting up the Christmas tree, etc. Yeah, so whether you do a real tree and uh, or even an artificial one, of course, you want to make sure that the placement is correct. So you never want to place it near a heat source, um, at least three feet away. I mean, that's really the, the safest. Mm-hmm. If you can go farther, even better. But a minimum of three feet away. Um, any heat source can be like a fireplace. It can be like a radiator and radiator, radiator vent, or even for that matter, a simple candle. You know, we all love to decorate, you know, the home for the holidays with candles, but a real flame can pose a fire hazard, especially if you have like small kids running around the house right. or even small pets for that matter. So I, I always recommend, you know, switching a real candle with a real flame to like a flameless candle. It gives you the same look, but it's obviously going to be much safer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do happen to have a real tree, make sure that you check your water level every single day. Because again, especially if you use your heating systems, um, it will suck up a lot more water, which will tend to dry out the branches. And again, that can pose a, another fire hazard. Um, and then when it comes time to decorate with all the lights, make sure that you follow all the instructions and never really connect more than three strands of lights together um, in an extension cord, for example, because it can overheat the circuit. And again, it can start a fire. Yeah. Uh, We mentioned uh, natural trees. I know a lot of people will tend to be less cautious with an artificial tree because they are fire resistant. It says that on the uh, packaging there, but it's important to note that they will go up as well. Correct. Yes. And again, you want to minimize any any hazard, any risk by keeping that safe distance that I told you about. Right. And by following all the instructions when it comes time to connect all the lights. Uh, Yeah. This is where the smoke alarms also come into the picture and are mm-hmm. crucial. You know, it's, it's a minimal investment, but, you know, your family and your home, of course, uh, is priceless, right? Yeah. So you can't compare. You know, the other thing uh, that I know we've been guilty of this in, in our home, frankly, and, and that is uh, creating a hazard when we're trying to hide all of the cords or everything that we uh, have plugged in. We mentioned the the lights on the trees, but we'll do, you know, lights up and down the banister or lights and, you know, uh, other ways to, and the mantle or whatever. Um, And trying to hide all of those cords, shoving them behind the piano or the corner cabinet, um, putting them under rugs or or carpets, not a good idea. So, you know, you got to really be careful with these cords too. Well, you want to make sure that you that you inspect the cords. You know, mm-hmm. you never want to have any any sort of frayed cables showing through. You want to make sure, for example, if you are setting up lights outside, that you use a proper extension cord meant for outside. Right. You know, resistance to the weather, like snow and rain. Um, but to your point, yes, I mean, we decorate our homes inside with a lot of um, lights. But the good thing is that nowadays there are, are, are alternatives. So for example, I use a lot of battery operated lights, mm. so you don't have to necessarily plug it into uh, you know an electrical outlet, if you will, which again are much safer. You do have to replace the batteries, of course, if, right. if you use them a lot. But you know it's it's a it's a simple thing to do mm-hmm. to make your home safer and not have all these extension cords that you're talking about. Yeah. So I actually have one on my, on my chandelier. I have one on my centerpiece in the dining room. And again, it gives you beautiful lighting, but it's battery operated. So 
you don't, you know, as yeah. a designer, of course, you never want to see all these unsightly cords, you know, aside from the, from the safety hazard, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look attractive in your home, right? So you right. want to be able to minimize that as yeah. much as possible. Uh, and, and you mentioned, I, the, the fact, and I think it's important to emphasize, uh, when you're decorating the exterior of your home, properly rated cords are crucial because, uh, if it's not rated for being outdoors, that can be a very big, uh, hazard. You mentioned cooking, uh, let's talk real quickly about some of the safety tips that are commonly overlooked while we're in the kitchen, because obviously that's something else that we do a lot of this time of year. Yeah. I mean, we cook a lot, you know, busy cooking, entertaining during the holiday season and cooking is the number one cause of home fires. Um, so that being said, it's important to just follow common sense safety practices. So for example, if you're kids, if you're cooking in the kitchen, right. Um, don't leave the stove unattended, right. Don't turn away. Uh, don't turn your back away, you know, always be present. Um, once you're done cooking, make sure that all the burners are turned off. I know, especially like I'll speak for myself, I have a gas burner. And sometimes when the flame is so low, I don't realize that mm. I left it on, right? Yeah. Because it's like you can't even see it. So these are all things, you know, going back to that checklist that you spoke about at the beginning, you know, always double check everything to make sure that it's safe. Um, when it comes to the even smoke alarms in the kitchen, they are actually not recommended to be placed in the kitchen because they can trigger um, it can trigger the alarm to go off with mm-hmm. any sort of like, you know, smoke or, or steam or vapor. We've all but done with the new technology and the first alert. Yeah. Like if, for, if, for example, if you happen to burn a toast, right. And right. then all of a sudden the alarm goes off and you're trying to like hit it with the broom trick, trying to turn it <laughs> off or the fire alarm, might the, the fire alarm, um, the fire um, department might come and you're like freaking out. So, you know, with this new technology that will happen obviously less because of the, um, of the nuisance alarm um, feature that we, that we spoke about. But most importantly, you should always have also like a fire extinguisher as well, Chris, in the kitchen, readily available, and you should always know how to use it. Right. And in case you don't, in case you freak out, just remember that all the instructions step-by-step are always written on the label on the actual extinguisher itself. So, you know, it, it, you can follow it step-by-step. All right. All important things to keep in mind as we head through the holiday season, keeping safety First, and uh, Martin Amato is with us, uh, TV personality, interior decorator on behalf of First Alert. Where do we get more information and more advice? So you can visit firstalert.com for more home safety tips, um, as well as more information on the new line of alarms that I spoke about by First Alert called their Precision Detection Alarms, which are now available at Lowe's Nationwide. Martin, thanks very much for taking the time and happy holidays to you. Thank you, Chris. Happy holidays to you as well. And of course, to all your listeners. Well, you remember last week we spoke with Emmy Award-winning consumer tech columnist Jennifer Jolly as part of our Great Gift Ideas series. Well, want to check in with Jen once again this morning because once you've bought all of those things, a lot of them will then be delivered to your doorstep and want to make sure that they don't go missing tips and the latest tech to help keep our packages and our homes safe during the holiday season. So where do we start uh, with all of this and preventing these porch pirates, first of all? Yeah, that's right. You know, the United States Postal Service expects to deliver about 800 million packages between Thanksgiving and New Year's this year. I think about a million of those Come straight to Techish to our studios here where we review gadgets all year round. And, you know, we have to protect all of the stuff that gets sent here. Some 50 million people in America had a package stolen over the last year. Now, knock on all the wood, it wasn't us. So I thought, what do we do? What's some of the basic security measures we take? Amazingly, most of them are from Amazon. 
So I just went there. I said, Amazon, you, you experts over there, what are the simplest, most affordable tools? They said, yep, we can help you out, starting with one thing we know you already have, which is the Ring Battery Doorbell Plus. This is, we, we use this on all of our entryways into our studios here. It's like a high-tech watchdog that lets you keep an eye on your packages and your front porch through their app from anywhere you happen to be in the world. Totally affordable, too. The Ring app can send you a notification, and then when someone comes to your door, the camera or even the camera just sees a package sitting there, you know it. You're the first to know, and you really can see more, even right underneath the camera with a clear head-to-toe HD plus video. You can also answer the doorbell with a pre-recorded message or with two-way talk live you can just talk to somebody from an app on your phone. Yeah. Really simple, really perfect place to start. And very, very effective in terms of a deterrent. And we were talking the other day, you know, you can schedule the deliveries for times that you expect to be home. Maybe you can have a neighbor check and and grab a package uh, so that it's not sitting there uh, for hours on end until you get home. But it's going to happen at some point that you're going to have a delivery come when you are not home. So uh, are there any alternative ways to help make sure that they're not just sitting there uh, out in the open free for anyone to take? Yeah, there really are. Another great tech tool here is called Amazon Key in garage delivery. This is a fantastic way to protect everything from those would-be thieves to stormy weather. We even, I'm not even kidding, we even had a raccoon snag (laughs) one of our packages once. So this this just fixes all of that. Your package is the key that opens up your garage door. So the driver pulls up, scans the address. They get a one-time verified access to open your door and tuck your package safely inside. Setting it up really easy. You pair your smart garage door, can be the smart garage door you already have, with the Amazon key in the app. You toggle on. When you get ready to check out, just make sure to select that in-garage delivery. And seriously, that's it. No more waiting around all day for a delivery. This is a perk that is exclusive to Prime members in eligible zip codes. So I like that too. I like when I just keep getting like, oh, that's a perk with Prime. That's a perk with Prime. Here's another (laughs) perk. I love that. And uh, as a sidebar, if you don't have a smart garage door opener, you've got to get one because they are just all kinds of awesome. Now, uh, beyond package (laughs) delivery, uh, let's talk about just in general terms, keeping our home safe because this is the time when we are going to be spending uh, large amounts of time away from home, whether we're out shopping, visiting family and friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. First and foremost, stop posting on all your social media that you're going to be away from home. Right. <laughs> we, we, I've said that every year for the last decade. Maybe somebody will finally hear that now. Um, unless, of course, you have a house sitter or um, you have an entire home security system set up. I mean, these used to be sort of an only for lifestyles of the rich and famous sort of thing. But now you only need about 20 minutes. Uh, it's under $200, ton of DIY options, including ring alarm. These are inexpensive, easy to install. And again, that's for real. As long as you can follow a recipe, like a simple holiday recipe, you can follow the prompts to set up a ring alarm. No hard wiring needed. You just need to connect it to Wi-Fi through an app on your mobile device. And then you can add on professional 24-7 monitoring whenever you need to. There's no contracts. You don't have to give up your firstborn. 
It's $20 a month or about 200 a year. And you can add glass break sensors, freeze and flood sensors, kind of everything that you want and need when you're away from home. One of my latest of all of these devices is the Ring Stickup Cam Pro. We just got one of these recently and it lets you monitor everything kind of in and around your house with a handy, all-new, flexible, weather-resistant camera. It adds 3D motion detection in using radar technology and a bird's-eye view to just see more of what's going on. There's no wires. You can set it you know, pretty much anywhere. And, of course, it works with all of your other Ring devices, yeah. which is another feature I, I really like when all my tech tools play nicely in the sandbox yeah, together. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Uh, it's important to make sure that, you know, like your doorbell camera and all of the rest of your security devices uh, work in conjunction. It just makes things an awful lot easier. It's not necessarily a requirement, but it's yep. so much easier uh, when it's all part of you know one uh, cohesive unit. Uh, again, uh, Emmy Award-winning consumer tech columnist Jennifer Jolly with us this morning talking about ways to protect our homes, protect our packages during the holiday season. Where do we get more information, Jen? Head straight to my website, techish.com. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Once again, putting Ohio Means Jobs in the spotlight this morning. Talking about some open positions at the Findlay YMCA. Carrie Redman and Barb Scharr with us uh, from the uh, Findlay YMCA. And uh, a number of positions that you have uh, available, uh, both the general operations and the child care. And just to make sure that we get this out of the way up front, we're not talking about future positions with the expansion that's going on and so on. These are actually things that you're hiring for now. Yeah, right? current positions in okay. child development. Yeah. So uh, first of all, talk about those uh, positions in child development, what you're looking for. All right. Good morning. I mean, we are looking for all positions, full-time, part-time, lead teachers, assistant teachers. Um, there's lots of opportunity to have really wonderful, fun jobs at the Child Development Center. And what would some of those responsibilities be? Uh, what kind of people are you looking for to fill those positions? I will say the most important quality in a person is a good attitude. Um, wanting to work with children, spending time with kids is going to be their number one job. Mm-hmm. Working with families, writing lesson plans. Um, every lead teacher will have an assistant teacher, um, so they'll help us with assistant teacher qualifications, etc. Do folks need a special certification or a college degree, things like that? For a lead teacher, we would like to have at least an associate's in child development, okay. um, but that is not always required. And then for an assistant teacher, again, I'm looking for someone who has the right attitude and works with kids. That's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, what kind of hours are we talking about for we these We have a multitude of, of options. Okay. Um, uh, lead teachers, we'd like them to have full-time hours. Um, uh Part-time teachers, it can we can work around schedules if that's available. And as far as just general operations within the uh, within the Y Barb, uh, you've got uh, some lifeguard uh, positions that are open, and also looking for an aquatics director, aquatics coordinator, coordinator. Right, yes. Sorry. So tell us a little bit about these positions. So. Along with the training that you can get with the child care, because we do offer training for child development, so you can come in, work for us, really get your feet under you, um, get a general idea of what age group you'd like to work with, and then we can get you education. Mm-hmm. We can do the same thing with being a lifeguard. We can train you to be a lifeguard, and then you just need to do maybe three or four uh, you know, sessions per month, and then we can go ahead and 
you know, pay for that entire lifeguard training. The lifeguard positions, those part-time, uh, who would these be good for? Age 15 and up okay. is going to be what we can do for lifeguards. And mm-hmm. yes, it's part-time. During the summer, you can pick up up to full-time hours. Sure. So they can really kind of stock away some money during the summer. But this is not just a summer position, right? No, it's not. It is going to be a winter and summer position. We have multiple. We have indoor pools. Yeah. And we even have positions available too. If they really like working with people and teaching, we have instructors so they could become a swim instructor. Okay. Um, And the aquatics coordinator is a full-time position. So you're going to get full benefits. So an aquatics coordinator, what does, what would that position involved? That position is really supporting the aquatics director. And so in that position, you're going to be doing a lot of the same tasks, but a lot less of the manual paperwork. So you're going to be dealing with a lot of people. You're going to be dealing with the lifeguards. You're going to be dealing with, you know, teaching swim lessons. You're going to, in the summertime, help manage the city pool because we do manage the city pool. So Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of stuff going on and you'd be able to flex your schedule a little bit. Um, It's really a support position. You're there to train, teach and help. And again, that is a full-time uh, position. That is a full-time position Lifeguard with full uh, benefits. Being part-time. Yes. And with respect to the child care positions, are those full-time or part-time? We have both available. Okay. Uh, so how do folks apply for any of these positions or learn more about that? They can go to our website. If it's not available there, they're welcome to come to the downtown location, pick up an application. They can call and schedule an appointment with me. They can even send an email to hr at finleyymca.com. And is there a deadline for application for any of these positions? Aquatics coordinator until it's filled. Okay. So, and the other positions are ongoing because we see development coming down the line. So we'll have an ongoing need. All right. Again, uh, Carrie Redman and uh, Barb Shar with the uh, Finley YMCA. Some of the jobs in the spotlight this morning from Ohio Means Jobs. Ladies, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. As you know, sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the broken news. A woman who hurled a burrito bowl at a Chipotle employee has been sentenced to working in fast food herself. (laughs) Talk about poetic justice. You remember this story, right? Video footage showed Rosemary Haney shouting at an employee at a Chipotle in Parma, suburb of Cleveland. Uh, This was several weeks ago. Ms. Haney eventually tosses her order into the employee's face. And even though she fled the scene, bystanders gave her license plate information to police. So she was tracked down. She was arrested for assaulting the uh, fast food worker. And uh, she was in court given the option to reduce her jail time by working in a fast food restaurant for 20 hours a week for two months. (laughs) There you go. The 
The employee that was assaulted, who has since left her job at that uh, Chipotle, said she got exactly what she deserved. She's going to walk a mile in my shoes. I wonder, I wonder if the victim in this case, the fast food employee, now former fast food employee who was assaulted, uh, will find out where Ms. Haney is working and go and harass her on the job. I would. I don't know about you, but I would. Um, Elsewhere in the broken news, even closer to home, this story out of Norwalk, where a man is accused of stealing Christmas decorations from a front yard just 30 minutes after he was released from jail. (laughs) According to the Norwalk Police Department, uh, 63-year-old William Ott... Uh, was arrested after a resident uh, there in Norwalk reported that the Christmas decorations from their front yard had been stolen. Using surveillance footage, an officer was able to identify the suspect because and apparently he was pretty familiar to law enforcement officers because he had just been released from the Huron County Jail on an unrelated matter about 30 minutes Prior to the theft, um, <laughs> Mr. Ott then was rearrested by police, and uh, he is now back in jail. However, the stolen Christmas decorations have not yet been recovered, according to the latest reports. So, <laughs> 30 minutes! 30 minutes, and he stole someone's Christmas decorations. I don't know how long he had been in jail, but I suppose, you know, hey, you get out. You need Christmas decorations. In other broken news this morning, a group of tourists uh, behaving badly at a canal in Venice. Okay, so you know in Venice they have the canals. You can take a uh, a gondola uh, tour the the city and so on. It's a lovely thing to do. It's you know one of the top tourist things to do if you're in in Italy. Just go to Venice. Right in the gondolas. Well, this particular gondola was passing under a bridge as tourists were trying to take selfies. And as they were doing so, they were shifting around in the boat. The gondolier told the passengers to sit still. But of course, they didn't listen. And when one of them, one or more, I'm not sure how many, stood up to get the perfect selfie shot, that caused the gondola to flip over and everybody into the drink, into the canal. (laughs) In a video that was posted to social media, tourists can be seen clinging to the side of the boat and struggling to pull themselves out of the water. The gondolier dove in to help the passengers uh, reach safety. Fortunately, no one reported to be injured, but it doesn't say, but I got to think, that the tourists had to be Americans. Well, they have to be. It's Americans who would do something like that. Gotta be Americans. From the international file, another story from the international file, an escaped kangaroo on the loose in Canada for four days was finally captured yesterday, but it didn't go down without a fight. Uh, Police in Durham um... I'm not sure where exactly that is. 
It says uh, the uh, kangaroo police in Durham responded to a call about the kangaroo, which had escaped while being shipped between zoos, <laughs> being transferred from one zoo to another, and it escaped. And it was spotted hopping around the city of Oshawa. Again, I don't know where this is. Oshawa, Durham area. Anyway, following best practices, the officers grabbed the kangaroo by the tail and safely detained it until zoo personnel arrived, but not before the kangaroo managed to punch an officer in the face. I don't know. Have you ever seen an adult kangaroo? These things are scary. I mean... I know the image that we have in like the Winnie the Pooh stories is of a uh, beautiful docile kangaroo and they're cute and all that. But if you've ever seen a kangaroo, a fully grown adult kangaroo up close, they are muscular. They have long claws. They are not animals you want to mess around with. And uh, one of the police officers found that out as he got punched in the face. The officer will be just fine. And we will not be continuing the investigation, according to Staff Sergeant Chris Boyu. The kangaroo is now uh, due to travel to Quebec after a period of rest. So, after his boxing adventure there. Wow! It's crazy. I didn't think kangaroo boxing was still a thing, but apparently, in this case... And a couple of other uh, items in the broken news this morning. Three suspects are on the run after using an electric chainsaw and a crowbar in an attempt to rob an ATM at a 7-Eleven in Northwest D.C. Uh, Washington, D.C. The masked men forced open the machine shortly before 4 o'clock yesterday morning after assaulting an employee at the store. They fled in a newer model gray Infinity. About 15 minutes later, three guys attempted to rob another 7-Eleven and fled in a dark-colored BMW. It is unclear if the incidents are related. But I would think probably they're raiding, uh, stealing the, uh, uh, robbing the ATM to be able to afford their cars, apparently. I Infinity, a BMW? These with expensive tastes. But here's the thing. You use an electric chainsaw. <laughs> you got to go with gas. That's And don't they, and it's it's weird. They, it's at a 7-Eleven, the ATM at a 7-Eleven. Uh, aren't they just sitting there on the floor? I mean, they're not embedded in the, in the wall or anything. I mean, just grab the machine and go. I don't know. And finally, the broken news this morning. Now, this is exciting news. The world's largest hex nut will soon be on display at a bolts and fasteners company in Humble, Texas. <laughs> yes, that's right. The world's largest hex nut. J.K. Welding Company is constructing Big Tex, the incredible hex, which is expected to break the current record of the largest hex nut on Earth, which is held by a company in Slovenia. I'm going to bring the record back home to America where it belongs. The company spokesperson says the enormous steel nut will measure 16 feet from flat side to flat standing and 18 feet from point to point. When it is finished, which may be as soon as tomorrow, the nut will be on display at Patriot Bolt and Fasteners in Humble, Texas. I know where I'm going on vacation next year. 
I don't know about you, but that's now at the top of my destination list. There you go. That is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When the rumors are flying, getting the facts matters more than ever. At WFIN, we're your trusted source and will always present the story only after verifying the information with trusted sources. This is WFIN News Director Matt Demchek, trusting us to present just the facts when covering events impacting Finley and Hancock County. You can depend on us to get the story right every time on social media, 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and at 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You know, the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special, there is this scene where Sally dictates her letter to Santa to Charlie Brown. And she talks about how if her Christmas list is too daunting, Santa can just send money. And I prefer tens and twenties. I think is what, isn't that what she said? Just send money. I prefer 10s and 20s. And Charlie Brown throws his hands up in the air and ah, talks about the commercialism and Christmas. Well, guess what? <laughs> in a new survey by Statista of 1,000 adults between the ages of 18 to 64, half of women and 36% of men want money for Christmas this year. And when we're talking about money, we're talking cold, hard cash, gift cards, come in number two for both men and women. So when we say we want money for Christmas, we're talking actual cash, not gift cards. Gift cards is a whole different gift. (laughs) 50% of women say they want money. 36% of men say that they uh, want money. Um, Let's see here. Gift cards, clothes, shoes, uh, also on grown-ups' wish list for Christmas. 24% of men want smartphones, tablets, and accessor, other electronic accessories. 42% of women are looking forward to receiving cosmetics, perfume, and other body care products. 23% of women want books for Christmas. By the way, in the survey, people were allowed to uh, choose more than one gift, obviously. Um, 23% of women want books for Christmas, and that didn't even crack the top eight for men. They seem to be more focused on electronics and computer accessories and so on. So here are the top eight for women, money, gift cards, clothing and or shoes, cosmetics, perfume, body care, jewelry and watches, actually only 24%. So, you know, if you're thinking women are all about the bling, maybe not so much. Jewelry and watches is pretty far down on the list. Books and ebooks. Food and drinks, and then smartphones, tablets, and accessories at number eight. For the men, it's money, gift cards, clothing, number three. So the same top three. Then it comes smartphones, tablets, accessories, uh, food and drink, computers and computer accessories, then consumer electronics. (laughs) Very tech savvy, the guys are. And then jewelry and watches at number eight for the men. I thought this was kind of interesting, too, in the survey, because we have heard that this will be the year of experiences as gifts. But, at least according to this survey, experiences are not necessarily up there 
as to the most desired gifts. Um, let's see here. Women showed slightly more interest in travel-related gifts at 20%, men at 13%. Uh, women also more interested in event tickets than men, 19% versus 11%. So both of those rank at number nine and number 10. But I thought that was uh, rather interesting, too. And it doesn't say when it talks about event tickets, what kind of event we're talking about. For women, I would guess, what, maybe concerts, something like that, a play. And for guys, it would probably be a sporting event. So it would be very different. But event tickets in general, more preferred by women than men. And of all of the options, the least desired Christmas gift, and this is important, decoration articles. Only 7% of female respondents and 6% of men said decoration articles would be a good gift for Christmas. So any of those Christmas-themed home knickknacks just scratch that off your list because nobody wants those. So talking this morning about a couple of really cool things that are going on this weekend in the community that are really going to get you into the Christmas spirit while at the same time reminding you what the season is all about. Uh, one of those things uh, happening tomorrow is a journey to Bethlehem at Trinity Lutheran Church uh, in Finley. That's at uh, Bigelow and Northridge uh, over by Hillcrest uh, Golf Club. And Ryan Neal is the uh, director of music at Trinity Lutheran. Uh, Ryan, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. My pleasure. So this is uh, boy a lot of things going on here with this. Uh, first of all, a uh, special concert uh, that is uh, happening with uh, a lot of yourself and a lot of guests. So tell us about this. Absolutely. So we are doing a concert on Friday evening mm-hmm. that will feature myself on piano, Shay Bolton uh, as a soprano, Anthony Marchese as our cellist, and Finley native Sophie Wool playing violin with Mark Muller um, narrating our okay. concert for us. Right. And it is a story of the Christmas story, but mm-hmm. through the eyes of the shepherds. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and... So that is uh, the the first part of this, but also in this journey to Bethlehem, you have a festival of nativities uh, that is happening uh, not just Friday, but all weekend long. But if folks want to come before or hang out after the uh, concert to check these out, right? Correct. The feast or festival of nativities will be open from five to nine okay. on Friday evening, from ten till three mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon and morning, and then from ten until one o'clock on Sunday. And there are literally dozens of uh, nativities that will be on display, including one. I know you are a, a, a collector of these and have been for a number of years. So. Collector or hoarder, whatever whatever <laughs> term you would like we'll to say, use. We'll say we'll make it we'll make it uh, nice the the nice reference. Absolutely. Collector. <laughs> so I have over eighty different nativity sets at my house. Wow! And I'm bringing close to twenty of those to share this weekend and my largest set is a Fontanini five inch set that has over 50 buildings 
and close to wow. 200 figurines that will be on Man. display. And I have not seen this, but I am told that it is, well, obviously, with all of those buildings and all of those characters, this is more than just your typical crash with the manger and the Mary and Joseph and all of that. So. so it has a shepherd village. It has the town village of Bethlehem with the inn as well as the area that the kings were at. Wow. It, it, now, was this all one set that you acquired at once, or is this something you've added to it over the years? It is I've been adding to this for the last three or four years. Wow. that and is, and probably will continue to do so. <laughs> so uh, if we uh, have this again, it'll probably be bigger next year. Unfortunately um, <laughs> for my pocketbook, absolutely. <laughs> and like you said, that's just uh, one of them. You've got a number of others uh, from your personal collection and then others, I understand, from members of the church that are uh, I do. Be... We have a retired uh, minister that works with us, okay. uh, Pastor Denny Maurer, that will be bringing in several of his international nativity sets from his time mm. as a missionary. Wow. And um, our pastor, Will Stanky, also is a collector and will be bringing in several of his And we have another retired pastor who works with us, Pastor Andrea Starn, who is sharing a good number of hers as well. I I would guess that that would be sort of an occupational hazard. If you are a minister, a pastor, or somebody involved with the church, uh, then you probably collect nativities. (laughs) That makes sense. But all of those are going to be on display. They will. All of them are very unique, too. That's what's Absolutely. We are on target to have at least 100 sets, I believe, this year. That would be uh, really terrific. And then you also have a petting zoo, as if that wasn't enough, a petting zoo for the kids. So from 5 to 9 on Friday night, we will be working with uh, Patterson Pony Rides here in Finley. And they are telling us that they're bringing three camels and a donkey and all of the animals you can imagine that would have been in Bethlehem will be with us on Friday. Very cool. So, again, the concert and the, the full experience is uh, tomorrow evening, and it begins, well, I guess, what, the, the doors open right around 6? The petting zoo outside in the uh, Festival of Nativities will be open at 5 o'clock. At 5, okay. And the concert begins at 7. Begins at 7. And uh, this is free, by the this way, This is right? free. Okay. And then the Nativities will be there the rest of the weekend as well. Absolutely. If you want to uh, stop by and, and check those out. Again, this is all at Trinity Lutheran Church. The journey to Bethlehem, an immersive experience with the music, with the nativities and everything, the petting zoo. Uh, again, Northridge Road and Bigelow, right across from, kind of catacornered from uh, Hillcrest Golf Course. And Ryan Neal is with us this morning, Director of Music. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, this is a time of year, obviously, full of all kinds of holiday events and activities. The folks at St. Andrew's United Methodist Church are hosting a Christmas cantata this Sunday. Jim Scothern is with us uh, this morning, along with uh, John Kaler and uh, Deb Foster. Thanks very much, everybody, for uh, dropping by. First of all, we appreciate it. And uh, Jim, let me start with you. Give us all of the uh, details uh, on this. Well, it's a cantata. It's going to contain a chorus of around 30 or 32 voices, and we are going to have a full orchestra of 28, mm. including all the instruments, you know, the yeah. four families. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful blending of uh, contemporary choral and instrumental to tell the story. And it's entitled, it said, Love Made Away, dot, 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 from the manger to the cross. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful foretelling of the story. John, Deb, you were uh, involved in the uh, cantata itself. Uh, 
how cool is it to be a part of something uh, like this? It's well, I always a, thank Jim for the selections that he makes yeah. because this one really has hit me in the heart. You know, you think it's the same music year after year, mm -hmm. and our choir participates in many, but this one just has a deeper meaning that just has touched my heart yeah. when it says from the manger to the cross. Mm -hmm. And in this time of year also, it gives you just such a good feeling of peace and love. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, an experience that a lot of church choirs I don't think have. And that, again, that's a tribute to Jim to put all of this together yeah. after hours and hours of work. But it, it's very enjoyable to to be a part of creating this experience. So how how much time goes into creating something like this and putting it together behind the scenes? Well, I started to look through the various uh, possibilities, you know, back in June and July hmm. to see what was published. Yeah. And then by August, I made the selection and ordered the material in. And then in September, we started to work on it. I devoted the choir at St. Andrews rehearses an hour and a half a week. And I would devote usually about the first 25 minutes to learning one number of the cantata. Mm -hmm. So, And there are nine main numbers. So in eight or nine weeks, we'd worked all the way through it. So by the uh, you know beginning of November, we were ready to start to rehearse it pretty much full. So it's a fairly lengthy process. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine, I mean, this. what amazes me is to think that basically your rehearsal comes down to an hour and a half a week, um, and and that's not just on the cantata, as you were saying, Jim, I mean, that's for you know all of the music through you know the week in, week out of putting together a, a worship service, so that's a lot of, uh, lot of work to do in a uh, relatively short amount of time. It's not like you're working this, on this round the clock. Yeah, although there is some, you know, I think almost everybody puts in extra time. They've sure. created uh, CDs that we can use at home to help us rehearse and practice and know better the music. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the CDs are enhanced according to the part that you're singing. Okay, all right. And, and it's it, it, a very helpful tool. Um, I spend time on the road and throw the throw the CD in. <laughs> so, and so you're I've been singing cantata all, on the road. We all do that when we're in the car, but you're doing yeah. it with a purpose. There you go. There you go. And I'm not using my earbuds, so my husband hears me playing mine over and over again. So you get a little feedback, a little, right? Uh, but also, when you get to the live part of it, that's just mm -hmm. so wonderful because. I sit there and can hardly sing because you're just in awe of the beauty of the orchestra. Yeah, Jim, as you mentioned, a uh, full orchestra mm -hmm. uh, with this. So. Yes. Uh, includes the, the string family, of course, the woodwinds, brass, mm -hmm. and percussion. Yeah. Um, this is a beautifully written and arranged uh, cantata by a couple of composers who are very big in contemporary uh, Christian music, Mary MacDonald and Jay Rouse, and we use a lot of Mary's work in our anthem selection. Okay. But both of them have combined or collaborated, shall we say, on this one. And what I like about this, if I may just read a quick line here sure. from one of the, the opening songs, it presents it, and Deb alluded to this, it presents it in such a personal, contemporary way. For instance, there's a song in there called This Son, and it's talking about the the potential birth of Jesus. And it starts with a duet, and the male singing the uh, Joseph part says, quote, Mary, I am here, just let me carry you. This is not what we had planned. Hmm. 
And then Mary says, Joseph, are you scared? I need to see your face. So it's this approach, this very personal, in, yeah. you know, emotional approach, expanded out into 38 minutes of absolute musical genius. And uh, as you were alluding to, Deb, it's not just the nativity story. Uh, this kind of goes beyond that uh deliberately yes yes indeed that's uh part of the purpose uh of it so as we mentioned the cantata uh is on sunday give us all of the uh, details on this jim sunday at uh, three o'clock in the sanctuary at saint andrews and that's the uh, church that's located at 120 west and dusky uh if the folks choose to come in uh, on the crawford street side that will be by the atrium where we have an elevator okay which will take them up to sanctuary level and uh due in large part to your willingness to have us on this interview and a wonderful work of a number of our people. We've been able to get the word out, so I might suggest maybe considering coming just a little early because I'm thinking we may have a pretty full house. Should be a a full house, which would be wonderful because it is a a terrific uh, event, great way to celebrate the season and the true meaning of the season and the story beyond, as we were saying, just the uh, nativity. So good stuff there. Again, uh, Jim Scothorn uh, from St. Andrews, uh, along with uh, John uh, Kaler and Deb Foster, uh, part of the Christmas Cantata this coming Sunday. For more information, you can check our webpage, goodmornings.net. Guys, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, as always, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media, sign up for our daily email newsletter. There's a link to email us if there's something you want to share directly, all at goodmornings.net. A quick note, there will be no podcast tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday. Taking a little extended R&R here, we will be back on Wednesday with the next Good Mornings podcast edition. So until next week, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Wednesday.